Hey, Matt. Hey, how are you? Good, you? Yeah, not too bad for a Wednesday, you know. Yep. Same shit, different day, stuck in the house. That's it, buddy. That's it. How you been keeping? Uh, you know, just I had a bunch of shit happen in the past week, and I had to move to two different units, uh, deal with a roach infestation, you know, fun shit. Oi, Oi. <laughs> this is your house? This isn't, like, something for work? This is where you're living? You've had to move around? Yeah, it's been fucking pain in the ass. But Fuck. finally settled into a nice new unit, and everything's good, so getting all whereabouts, whereabouts are you now? Uh, I'm still in the same building in Oshawa, just different unit. Yeah. Yeah, fuck, sorry to hear that, dude, but at least at least it's not the middle of January, and it's kind of, you know, not worried about the freezing cold, I guess, if there has to be a silver lining. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got to look for the silver lining. So, uh, anyway, uh, welcome to the 17th episode of A Chat with Matt. Today, I'm joined by Brandon Gregory of Drop Top Alibi, winners of the 2019-97-7 Hits FM Rock Search, among have been making a lot of noise. Uh, you were actually the first requested guest I received, and that request came from uh, Calvin Provo. So, Calvin, thank you for uh, sending the request. He's the, so, she's um, the best. Great independent uh, band. She's uh yeah, she's great. We have we've never actually met. We were supposed to meet at a big show March twentieth, but then you know this whole lockdown thing happened. But she's she's been awesome. So thanks very much for that request there. <laughs> Wonderful. So uh, Brandon, why don't you just give a quick summary of the band, the history, so I can learn more about you. Um. Well, uh, Dylan and I, the lead guitar player, we've known each other since twenty ten. I think twenty ten. Yeah. We were in a we were in a high school band together. Um, a drummer a drummer of ours at the time, a good friend of ours still, uh, introduced us, and um, yeah, we just stuck together. You know, there's been you know people change early twenties, mid twenties. You know, people's priorities change. People try different things, but him and I kind of stuck together. And we met Jeff, our drummer, in 2015. Uh, worked very hard for the next three years to try to steal him from his band. And then we met Luke in 2016 and he stuck and Jeff came, was able to commit full time in 2018. And we've been kind of rolling with the four of us ever since. Very good. So obviously there's been a lot of uh, big moments already and early on in your career. Uh, what show highlight always sticks out to you is that was one of the best shows. Whew, that's a tough one, man. I mean, I mean the the Rock Search finals were great. Is that that place was you know the warehouse for for those of you who have never been there. It's not huge, but you can pack 190, I think, is their capacity, mm -hmm. and it was alive. And you know, fans from the other bands, we won them over with our first song, so the energy in the room was really good, um, and we felt good. Um, but honestly, we played. We played a battle of the bands at the hideout, rest in peace, in Toronto in 2018. That was one of the first, like, packed Toronto nightclub shows we played. That was awesome. Um, but I'd probably have to... Fuck, man. <laughs> Canal Days was pretty sick. Yeah. Mainly just hang around with Finger Eleven and I Mother Earth after. Maybe that that's probably the big one. Yeah, I remember uh, going to Canal Days back couple of years in, it was great fucking time hanging out with the headstones and everything oh man they uh -huh. always they always get great bands the first time i ever went to canal days they had um oh, what were they called 
the Silence Factory, Nathan McNevin, I think. Yep. Nathan McNevin Factory. And then Jeff Martin and the Tea Party did an acoustic set, which was the day that I realized that I actually really did like the Tea Party. <laughs> and then Finger Eleven went, oh, wow, this is awesome. And then we were lucky enough to to win Battle of the Bands three years later, and we got to play on that bill. And Finger Eleven and I, Mother Earth was, was great. They have the Trues play that show often, the Headstones, like you said. They always get killer bands. Yeah, that's a really great event. Uh, in terms of the, your business side of things, what career highlight has stuck out to you the most in that sector? Business side, like what do you what do you kind of define by that? Yeah, like it could be like adding certain people to the business team. It could be uh, a Spotify goal that you reach, YouTube goal, like anything not really related to shows. Um. Well, when we released Summer Nights and City Lights last fall, um, we did some PR with it, and it was really successful. It, it got us it got us a ton of views on YouTube. It got a lot of placements. We saw subscriptions go up. We saw um, you know Spotify hits go up, and we had a lot of reach um, in places that we hadn't had before. So that mm -hmm. was that was the one of the better sort of investments of time and of course a little bit of money as well. Um, we, we started working with a gentleman named Paul Husband this past year and we were actually, what's today, May 6th? Mm -hmm. Tomorrow, if COVID hadn't happened, tomorrow would have been our return day home from a month long Western Canada tour. And he was the gentleman who, who helped put that together with, for us. So that was cool. Just unfortunately, we didn't get a chance to, <laughs> yeah. to partake. That. but uh you know we'll see if things kind of ease up before the end of the year maybe we can go in the fall and if not we'll just you know some other time once things are more or less normal again exactly yeah i, I know paul i know a couple of paul's bands including you guys paul's a great guy yeah he's been really good man he's a straight shooter a lot of experience um he'll praise you when it's when he thinks something's good to go or done properly and he'll tell you where he thinks he can uh, have some improvements when it, when he doesn't it's uh, it's good really good so obviously the current circumstances are great but what's going on with the band what's new with you guys new music i know you just dropped an acoustic uh video of uh, yep. taking it all in stride and you launched a contest and something like that with it yeah yeah just you know trying to trying to keep things relevant we you know we we had a really good february man it was really cool um Releasing Stride, which has been sort of, you know, for people who've been following us for the last few years, that was a song that people have always really enjoyed in our set. So we were really excited to get on the road to promote the single and get across the country. And we, you know, we played some shows with Royal Tusk, Broken Love. We opened for Theory of a Dead Man up in Barrie. And then bang, two weeks later, COVID happened, you know? So, um, we're just trying to stay relevant while we're all kind of, you know, dealing with our own shit. You know, we're getting a little bit social media fatigued, but at the same time, it's kind of, it's one of those things where you, it's, you know, suck it up, man. It's, we're all practicing. We're all keeping our chops up. We're keeping our, you know, mental health in check and, and we're just, we're ready. We're waiting. Um, we think it's going to be a little longer than we'd like. So we're preparing for the worst and hoping for the best, but we've been writing a lot and, um, 
Dylan and I got some new equipment that we can kind of outfit sort of doing things like the stride video a little better. We got some interfaces amongst us. We got some decent cameras and Luke's really, our bassist has really learned a lot about editing and all of that stuff. So we're, we've come up with some cool stuff and, you know, we got some tricks up our sleeves, but it's really all we can do right now, you know? <laughs> yeah, I feel you on that. So I mentioned at the top that you guys uh, were the most recent winners of the Rock Search. It looks like you're probably going to keep the title for another year. <laughs> they're still promoting it. Maybe they'll pick a winner like virtually or something. I don't know. Yeah, I'm curious how they're going to do that. But I'm curious because I, I always want to ask bands this. How has winning Rock Search affected like the overall career of the band? Like certain, certain different things. I'm curious. Um, well, it's definitely in the beginning. Um, it was very much, you know, Ralph James answered my emails, you know, you're hearing back from people at Feldman and, and, you know, you get a consultation with Dine Alone, you get to, you get to sit down with them and they listen to your music. And so in the early day, in the early um, couple of months, it was really good to kind of, okay, we're sitting on new music, Hits FM picked up our song Burn, which was great. It really helped us because now we had Nielsen numbers, we could use this kind of like, here's who we are and blah, blah, blah. Um, it was good for people being like, hey, we did a thing, you know, read our read our email, you know, read our EPK, which that was probably the biggest sort of impact. Obviously, getting a song placed in rotation and it stuck around for three or four months was great. Um, we noticed, particularly with that song, like YouTube and Spotify numbers really did well. And, you know, Southern Ontario, especially down towards Niagara has been really good to us. And that's, you know, that's a song where I can drop out of two of the courses and not have to sing because the club's singing it at us. You know, it's been great. Um, but the contest has changed a lot, for sure. You know, when you think back to bands like The Trues and Finger Eleven, you know, those bands were winning, you know, it was like the prize packages. It was just, it was a different business back then. Radio, there was just so much more money in it. The prize money was higher. The you know, you got recordings, you got deals, you got certain things. Um, we benefited the most from rubbing shoulders with some great people. And we, you know, put the work in to make those relationships sort of still last. And it's, it's helped. Um, but we also learned a lot. You know, there were some things where, you know, hey, we need to get on the road. We need to put some touring miles on under our belt and all that. So we made moves to make that happen. And then obviously, you know, COVID and blah, blah, blah. But it was a great learning experience. And it was a great opportunity for, for reach and exposure, which isn't always a dirty word, especially when you get some radio play. <laughs> yeah. No, I appreciate the honesty in talking about, like, the long-term look of what a rock search winner gets. Because you are correct. It is a completely different industry. The prizes weren't the same as they were back then and obviously it's not as like it's significant enough to get you into the door with a lot of these people like ralph and feldman and all these guys and rubbing shoulders and that's wonderful but yeah it does kind of suck like comparing it back then to now because it's like oh well why can't we have all that cool stuff but you're you're right it's mainly because it's a different industry and things have changed significantly but the fact that the content is still around and there's still so many people trying to win it is is huge yeah I mean, and there's, I mean, you think of the Glorious Sons, they won it in 2013. They're probably the biggest band in Canada right now. You know, mm -hmm. Crown, I uh, think you got Cody on Friday, don't you? I do. Yeah, those guys, it was, they won it right the year before the huge change at Hits FM. Yes. And those, number one, they had the miles, they had the swagger, they had the songs. They sold out the Horseshoe Tavern and people were 
were watching. It was great for them, you know? Um, but they, they put the work in, you know? They put the work in. There's a lot of bands who won that contest who weren't aware that things maybe had changed or maybe they were and they just, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I, I've met different people over the years who've won that contest and they say to me, dude, we, should, we, did, we didn't know any better and we sat there and waited for our deal. It's like that hadn't been happening for a while. I mean, even the Glorious Sons, I was talking to a guy who, who used to know them back in the day, like the early days. He said, man, those guys were out there when they won. They went to all the Indie Week stuff. They went to all the Canadian Music Week stuff. Obviously, you know, Chris Coster's brother used to work for the hip. So you start kind of rubbing shoulders with the right people and pushing and, you know, put your money where your mouth is. But that's still busting your ass and networking and making shit happen. And then obviously you let the music do the talking once the opportunities are there. But, you know, it's nothing, you know, you don't get any more, you don't get recordings, you don't get, you know, 15 grand, you don't get a management deal, you don't, you know, and that's, and that's okay. Because if the industry was still in the same place as it was 20 years ago, they would still be doing those things. So it's just kind of, oh, well, it, it was a great opportunity. It was a huge confidence booster. And, and it doesn't hurt. That's certain. That's, the, you know, it certainly doesn't hurt us that, that we were lucky enough to be a part of that. Yeah, I was, uh, I was thankful to actually have been working with Crownlands at the time during the rock search win. And like, I was there the night they won. And I was part of the celebration. It was, it was a phenomenal moment. But you're absolutely right. Like, the buildup we were doing before Rockstar or anything, because we were, I was booking them shows and we were booking shows like every weekend, getting them out on the road, working during the week, shows every weekend, different markets, building that rapport. And that's exactly right. With Rockstar, it's, you need to go into it now understanding that if you're not ready to do about five times the work that you already were doing, then you, you're going to miss out on the opportunity. And that's great that you guys recognize that and we're able to be like, okay, listen, we got this sick opportunity. We won. Now let's add on to it and show people, hey, we can keep rolling. We can keep fucking around. And it's great. Yeah. So, so obviously the outbreak, you mentioned it affected a Western tour that you guys were supposed to be finishing tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, how, how else has it affected uh, your 2020 plans? And is there potential to salvage any of it? Or do you think you might have to push a lot of it to like 2021? Well, there's new music, I can say that, but that's all I can say about that. And, you know, the tour, you know, we were going to kind of play things by ear and see if, because it was, you know, we had, we had like 20, 20 plus dates confirmed. We were still, you know, we were going to all the little towns in between the big cities and stuff. And we were considering dropping music kind of towards the tail end of the tour, because by now Stride's been out for a few, for a couple months, I think, February, mm -hmm. Yeah, about two and yeah. a half. And so we were thinking, okay, well, we have another single mixed and mastered ready to go. Um, maybe it'll get dropped. We obviously, now we're kind of thinking, okay, since you can't do this big week long build up into the announcement of, uh, you know, this huge banger at Lee's Palace or the Horseshoe or whatever, like, how do you do it now? So we're basically trying to figure out how we want to do it because there's no right or wrong way to do it. But, um, but we started cutting a record, man. And we haven't been able to go to the, uh, <laughs> we haven't been able to go back to the studio. And uh, I've been texting our, uh, the guy we've been working with um, over at Music First Production. He's a dude named Anthony. And he, uh, him and I are like, we're trying to do stuff virtually. And I'm just like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to like, one, I'm not an engineer. The technology's frustrating me. And two, it's, 
I can't wait to get back in the room and just do stuff, you know, and festival season had a handful of dates, good dates. They're probably not going to happen, you know, and we were thinking of maybe trying to leave the country in the fall. We were thinking of maybe doing another Ontario run with, with some friends of ours who, uh, who are, you know, on the circuit, but now maybe they're going to go to Europe if they can. It's just, there's a lot that it has shuffled, but it's given us an opportunity to, to write. And if we can, you know, if we can do something like, hey, we're allowed to go to the studio again, but no, the clubs are opening, you can't play. We're going to finish the record, mm -hmm. 100%. Um, and what's exciting right now is we can really decide ahead of time, which is kind of unique, what sort of direction we want to go in. You know, we have, we have this almost like Alice in Chains, Black Sabbath side to us. And then we have this, you know, bare bones rock and roll and even a little bit acoustic kind of element to us as well. And it's, you know, can, are we going to figure out a way to kind of mash that together for our first full length? Or are we going to kind of go with a certain vibe and, and see what happens? And the only way we can figure that out is is digging through all these demos we have and kind of seeing what everyone likes the most, you know, start with like a top five, see if there's any similarities and go from there. No, I think something you touched on in which, and also shout out to Music First Production. I know they're uh, posting a bit in chat there. Um, I don't know if you're still here, but hi. Uh, I know a point you touched on is time that you now have to really think about the moves you're going to make. And that's why this period is a blessing and a curse. Blessing because, like you said, it's that time to really pick through stuff, curate stuff exactly how you want it, write new material, write potentially the best material you've ever written or the most shittiest material you've ever written. You don't know, but you have the time to do it, as well yep. as just really curate when something can happen. But on the latter half, obviously, it's it's shit because you can't go out to the clubs and there's all these new restrictions coming out. Like I just saw an article before a little bit before this, where uh, a venue in Arkansas is uh, doing a show, uh, I think at the end of the week and like they, they, they released this, uh, the seating map for the show. And there's like six to 12 people, I guess, per section, these fan pod things. And it's like really spaced out to shit. And there's like the venue dropped capacity by like 80%. And so then like 20% of capacity is now in the room. And so it's like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned more now than I was before about how smaller venues are especially going to be affected by this. Cause like some, there's some of these rooms that like, it, there's a room in Oshawa. I don't know you guys might've played it. Um, the, the Atria in Oshawa. Yeah. We played with Van Dues actually last, last fall. Shout out to those guys. If they're watching, they released a song yesterday or today. Oh, well, good for them. I'm very familiar with those guys. But yeah, that's what I mean. Like, that's like a 60-ish cap room. Like, you know the room. It's very small. Social it's, distance there, man. Holy fuck. I know. It's like, what, what is the protocol going to be there? Like, if you're doing, if, you, if we're stuck to 20% of capacity, then you're going to have about 12 people in the room. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's still so much uncertainty and still trying to figure it all out. But hopefully we get things sorted soon and Hopefully we don't lose too, too many small venues because I've been hearing rumblings that there's another wave of venues that are probably going to close. <laughs> Dude, I'm going to be honest with you. The first venue that went down in Toronto was the one that I thought was going to survive. Mm. It was a place I had a residency at with a cover band and also as an acoustic act because I've been doing the freelance musician thing, teaching and gigging for about a year now. Um, and it was just like, oh, my God. Like, they're smart dudes. 
I'm, you know, maybe they'll be back and, you know, sell it hard that you're done for good and your landlord releases you from the lease and all that shit. But if they're not coming back, it's like, holy fuck. I like the Fox and Berry's gone. I know Shane wants to reopen, but what's that going to look like? Um, the Chainsaw and Waterloo closed in that place. Like, holy fuck, dude, that place is like on, at 9 p.m. on a Wednesday rammed because it's a karaoke bar on the main stretch for the universities there. How did they close? How in the hell did they close? You know what I mean? It's so I'm a little bit I'm a little bit, you know, places will reopen. New places will come to be sure. But there, there'll be a turnover period where, you know, it might be a couple of years. And if that's the case, that's the case. But hopefully, hopefully not. And hopefully when when this is all said and done, bands, you know, I kind of look I always like really respected how the guys in Seattle did shit in the late 80s and in the early 90s, kind of before the commercial like explosion. Mm -hmm. Such a sense of community there. And everyone even the guys who didn't have major label success you know who they are now because everyone was so good at this community element to it i really hope when this is all said and done that whatever's left uh bands come together and and it's less competitive and it's more supportive compilation albums you know bigger shows like people are going to be hungry and mm -hmm. you know like you said with these new social distancing measures i mean Truthfully, I can't answer on behalf of the band if we're going to play shows during that time. Because, like, our, if, you know, if two of the guys aren't comfortable, we're not doing it. Yeah. You know, are they going to want to do it? Do we want to be the band responsible for having the show and, you know, somebody was there who was there is sick and now we're all worried? And it's just, I'm sure people will do it and go for it if you want to i just i can't promise we're going to be comfortable with doing it so it's like okay how long is this going to be before we can play again <laughs> uh note from sunset.destruction.poetry maybe the flavor will change to be more of an exclusive speakeasy kind of vibe i mean yeah that'd be cool but that'd be really you know cool. we got a there was a little hole in the wall like speakeasy kind of venue they reached out to me a little while ago i forget the name of it it's in toronto but like if i saw the name i'd recognize it yes. Say that again? Cameron House? No, 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 no. It's not Cameron House. It's a newer one. Um, mm. I can't remember the name of it. But yeah, that could be an interesting idea. But the, here's here's the issue with a lot of these rooms. It's the rooms that it's it's kind of come down to do you lease the room or do you own the building? Yeah. Because if someone's leasing a property, the property manager is still going to be like, cool, where's my money for the month? Or where's my money for the year? Yeah. And then obviously the people that own the buildings, it's going to be like, cool, we still have the building. Uh, but like, are, are we able to survive the period we can't be open and deal with the less money coming in? Yeah. And, and another point you added is yes, no, absolutely. You guys have to 100% be comfortable because it's the health and safety of everyone involved that's priority right now. Yeah. And if you guys aren't 100%, then obviously you shouldn't put yourselves in that position. And the truth is with the music industry, it's always been adapting. It's always been evolving. It's going to continue to do that. It's just, we're all kind of like sitting in the boat without a paddle, not knowing where to go because yeah. we don't know what's going to come and what's going to change. Cause everything's kind of like everything. There's new updates every day at this point. And it's going to yeah. keep being like that for a long time, but hopefully it, this eventually all works out. I think you're right. There's going to be a bit of a turnover period. We don't know what it's going to be, but Hopefully everything works out eventually. And a uh, quick point from uh, 
Kalen Provo, uh, I totally agree with Brandon, and the fans will be there to support when this is all over. So you definitely will have that support waiting for you. Awesome. Yeah, no, and, 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 it's, and it's the truth. And it'll, you know, and maybe we will be comfortable with playing. But the thing is, too, is, like, you know, you do some of these speakeasy vibes, or you do this, you do that. Like, people are going to have to – the other side to it is economics, man. Like, people, like, if you want to have shows – with these bands like yeah play for the love of playing but for it to be sustainable like there's got to be a bit of you know transaction happening people got to mm -hmm. pay to go you know it'd be great to, if you could buy merch or you could do whatever and it's like are people going to want to spend the money and like if you're going to have like a speakeasy show where only 20 people can come probably going to charge more at the door and are people going to want to pay that like it's there's so many variables I know. but at the, at the same time people are going to want to be out they're going to want to get out they're anxious um I know I am, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll see. And and you you touched on a great point about lease versus own. Like, I, there's one venue in particular in Toronto. Uh, it, it's definitely like the original stomping ground for for this band. Um, I'm pretty sure she owns the building, or has a long term lease on the building herself. Mm -hmm. So I think she was able to qualify for a lot of the like relief stuff, yeah. which has been great. But to your point, if, you know, a landlord doesn't qualify for that, then they want their renter to pay because they need their loot. You know, it's it's uh, it's a tricky situation, man. And hopefully, I don't know. I mean, they're talking about May long weekend, people being able to do shit. It's like, just please don't like, come on, just wait for the vaccine and fucking hunker down and let's make this happen and go away. Yeah. <laughs> uh, poetry coming back with another point, but smaller venues will bounce back sooner than stadium bands. Um, yes and no, I agree at that point and also disagree because this, if there's going to be a period if you can't charge more, people pay more for a night out at movies. That is true. You could charge more, but it's also that is there going to be enough of a percentage of people that are willing to pay more? Yes. Because obviously you have the expenses of the bar, you have the expenses of the room, you have the expenses of the band themselves traveling to get their food, but they need a place to stay. Like, there's so many pieces that still need to be figured out and it's hard for us to plan accordingly because like for me especially like i have a roster of booking I, I book a lot of bands and different variety acts and like i'm still trying to figure out ways that i could do this once it's done because a, a, a decent amount of my bands are developing bands and bands i work with and but so now i'm concerned what the landscape's going to be and we're still kind of unsure so that's but anyway, off off this topic of negativity, let's uh, let's move on to something else. I quickly want to ask you about. Obviously, you guys are a Toronto band, and something that I was I, I always think about with Toronto bands is there's so fucking many. <laughs> there's so fucking many Toronto bands. Like, what what advice do you have for like the next round of Toronto bands to try and get above the noise of all the bands? Because like. You essentially have to sift through the shit. I hate using that metaphor, but it works kind of perfectly. Uh, mm. Sift through the shit in order to get above. Like, what, what, what things can you think of that would help? Stick together. Mm. It's it's a very cliquey scene, and across all genres, there's so many pockets of genres, and there's so many venues that are pretty specific about what they like to book. Um. <clears throat> But there's community. There's a really strong sense of community if you're willing to be genuine and willing to put the work in and, you know, pay your dues. Lucky enough to 
you know, there's a handful of bands in Toronto that are really good to us and we're good to them. And it's been good. You have consistent bills that you're on where the bills are strong and people show up. You know, you got guys, you know, like the guys in the crooked, they've been, they've been particularly awesome to us. You know, we've, we've given each other, Hey, we can't make this, we can't make this gig. Would you like to, you know, be a part of it? Or, Hey, we're, we got this show out of town. I know you guys were thinking to play there. What do you want to be a part of it? There's, you know, a band like the Reed effect, Jim Dandy, one in the chamber, the jailbirds, like they've mm -hmm. all, we, we all kind of, we've done a lot of stuff together and I know, that community is a huge part of it because there is so much white noise. But if you have your own kind of pocket and, you know, and just be a good person, be genuine and don't try to be slightful or anything like that and try to get ahead of, of anybody. It's cause that shit gets, gets caught out, called out and seen pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. um, there is a lot of white noise. You will get left behind. So just, you know, be a good person, be genuine and, and understand how important and how uh, vital community is. Phenomenal advice. Could not have said it better myself. So we're coming up to the end here. It's 3.30 now. It's, uh, what's next? What's going to be next for you and you guys in quarantine? Um, I'm writing a lot, man. A lot. So I don't know. We, uh, I will say that we've reached out to our mixing engineer recently. We, we're thinking of getting some new music out, but we haven't figured out how that's going to look yet. So we're writing. We're going to do some more of those, like, take it all kind of acoustic videos, maybe some covers, maybe some more originals, and just ride this out, man. That's it. Sounds like a solid plan. Yeah. Brandon, can you give me three acts that people should check out? I know you just mentioned The Pocket, and you listed a bunch of bands there. So uh, not saying pick your favorites, but, you know. If you don't say a certain one, I'm sure someone's going to be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely the boys in Vain Dudes, they got some new songs out. You should definitely go have a look at them. Um, definitely should check out The Crooked if you haven't heard of them before and you like Desert Rock and Alt Rock. Um, and lastly, oh, Zig Mentality, Cleopatric, and Crownlands. You got to check all three of those bands out, too. They got new music on the way. Well, that's uh, the five out of the three. We love improper fractions here, so that's okay. <laughs> no, I had a Jordan of YC drums on the other day, and he did the exact same thing. He goes, all right, I'm going to name three. I'm like, okay, name three. He goes, no, four, five. I'm like, okay, just fine. Do you want us to sit yeah. here for a half hour? I'm like, all right. But, well, uh, you get... you blew the spoken gun, man. People are going to get pissed if I didn't say certain things, so I had to... Um, <laughs> If your name wasn't mentioned, it was mentioned in spirit. So, Brandon, I want to thank you for taking the time to join me today. Obviously, our schedules aren't too, too busy right now, but I still appreciate you hopping on here, getting checks. I know we've never actually met in person. I'm sure one day we will. Uh, but uh, where can people find the band? Yeah, my pleasure, dude. Thanks for having me. Um, DropTopAlly.com. There's links to all of our socials. Um, our handle on Instagram is at drop top alibi, all one word, lowercase letters. And yeah, we'd love to, we'd love to meet you and hopefully we can see you soon. Well, I'm sure we, I'll come out to a show or I'll get connected with Paul and we'll all do something at some point. Well, I want to thank everybody who's uh, tuned into the show. We had a pretty consistent uh, viewership today, which is great. The fact that a lot of you guys stayed and engaged and I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Uh, I got one more show this week. Uh, it's going to be a big one. It's the 
funny enough, it's the 2018 winner of uh, the 97.7 Hits FM Rocksters and a bit of a reunion for me. I'll be joined by Cody of Crownland. It'll be a great chat. I'm sure we'll get into a lot of nostalgia and flashbacks and also just a lot of their what they've been doing because they've been doing so much shit. And I just can't wait to catch up and see everything. So, Brandon, thank you again. Everybody who's tuned in, thank you. I will see you on Friday at 3 p.m. with Cody. All right, take it easy.